0: What we need to think about as business owners, Chris, I feel is is not just the first order consequence. I, th- I think sometimes we think about, oh, you know, I can't get my supply um, from my supplier, but what's the second and third and fourth order consequence of that? So what are the things strategically thinking that might uncover an opportunity for us uh, in, in all of that? So when we start to dig deeper, um, you know, so what does that mean? Um, so if I can't get supply, what does that mean? Uh, and that might mean, well, okay, uh, we're going to have you know big delays, or um, what would that mean? You know, if from a client perspective, are they going to shift their focus onto something else? Are they going to look for alternatives, um, and you know, can we maybe fit in that alternative market?
1: What's up, everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual and host of Organize Chaos. As always, we're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it in yours as you build your own. And you just heard from Greg Gunther. This episode's all about transforming challenges into future opportunities. Now, Greg's a member of our Process People community, a Trainual certified consultant. He's based out in Brisbane, Australia. And we got to chat in this roundtable discussion about all these different macro challenges that are going on in the world, whether it's wars, markets economically not being where, where they are, inflation, supply challenges, people are resigning and changing jobs. All these things can feel like a lot of pressure for our businesses. So how can you react to that pressure and how can you see the silver lining or the opportunity that that pressure or these macro challenges creates? So it's a mindset shift, but we talked through some really specific examples on why some of those Things those challenges have become real opportunities for Greg and his clients and how they can be for you as well. So take a listen. Welcome everyone to Organize Chaos for another roundtable discussion. And today joining me is Greg Gunther. Greg, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me along. Thanks for coming from across the world in Brisbane, over in Australia. Now, this episode's one of our roundtable discussions, like I mentioned, where, uh, like you, we feature members of Trainuals Process People community and we talk about uh, just whatever topic that we want to really dig into. And so, the topic that you brought up that I think is a great one is how we can transform the challenges we're going through today. And turn them into future business opportunities. So, kind of making light to the silver lining of what feels like some some dark challenges. Sometimes, does that sound right? Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's that's exactly right. I think every um, every challenge, uh, we've just got to look for that that opportunity that sits hidden within that.
1: So depending on someone's mindset, they might look at the the global business climate right now and think, wow, there are so many challenges. There are supply chain issues, there are people resigning and switching jobs everywhere. There is the, you know, ongoing need to to you know figure out how to work remotely or hybrid and, and what that solution is. There are wars, there's currency issues, there's market fluctuations, <laughs> there's there yeah. if, if you've got that perspective, there's a lot of challenges. So is there a particular one that, that, uh, you know, came to mind for you when we started talking about this? Oh, look,
0: Chris, I, I think it's so
1: easy to get overwhelmed, uh, with the stuff you, you can, it's just so
0: easy to get sort of caught up in the whirlpool, you know, like it, it's, uh, and for a business owner, uh, you know, it, it just, where do I go? Where do I start? You know? And I think that's, that's fundamentally really, uh, where people are at in terms of mindset that you mentioned. Uh, look, I, I, I feel like, um, it, it's it's really trying to sort of, it's this controllables and uncontrollables. And I feel like for business owners, it's it's trying to understand, well, what can I control? Um, because the uncontrollables, if we're spending a lot of energy and headspace on those, that's that's wasted headspace. You know, like we, there is a lot that we can control. Um, and that obviously sits within uh, our, the realms of our own businesses uh, and start to really bring our focus back into there would be my first thought uh, on yeah.
1: that. Yeah, controllable versus uncontrollable. You know, a lot of small businesses, when I used to work with them very directly, and they would confide in me that they felt stressed, and there was all this chaos, Mm -hmm. and there were all these problems in their in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that the first silver lining there to remember is that if there feels like chaos, and there feels like There's a lot of opportunities or or issues to sift through. It means that you have a lot of options. You have a lot of decisions to make and you get to decide how to react to those things, right? Well, and that's always in our control,
0: isn't it? Um, but I, I think the other part that I see, Chris, because I, I agree with you, there's, there's a lot of stress. Um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of people bordering on, you know, the wellness and mental uh, becomes an issue. But I, I, I think, too, what happens uh, when we get in this overwhelm is we start to chase the unicorn, um, you know, like and, and unicorns just don't exist. Um, so again, we, we, there, there is no silver bullet to this. It, it's really sort of bringing it right back in. Uh, opportunity is closer than we think. Uh, it's really stepping back inside our business and saying, okay, let's let's look at and like the old SWOT analysis is an old uh, an old tool, but it still works really well because you can identify sort of those top three or four strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. And then within that framework, uh, understand, well, you know, what are my opportunities uh, sitting within that framework? But that's looking at it from our perspective. It's, it's very strong.
1: Yeah, so there, there's a book I read that talked about how you know the the silver lining of the the darkest clouds is where you, the innovation is, or something like that, you know. And so, what well, I wanted us to talk through today is just some of these big macro issues that are going on in the world, and how while they may seem negative at the surface, there are some real opportunities to uncover, right? Totally right.
0: Um, like I think um, you know, you, you mentioned supply chains earlier. Like the the issues around you know the struggles with supply chains. Um, I don't know. Like certainly over here, one of the things that we've witnessed as as a consequence of that is uh, there's a bit of shopping local. Um, so there's a lot of support. Now, for local businesses. Now, you know, if we we're a small business um, in in our local area, how can we identify or look at some of those closer opportunities to deal more locally with some of our our communities? Because there's a there's a sort of an emotional shift, if you like, to want to support local business. Um, so, so there's opportunity in that, um, and you know, we've seen. Um, we've seen manufacture like people actually starting to manufacture a little bit more locally so it's, it's mm-hmm. getting a bit more small scale um, we're seeing local markets um, become very popular um, you know so local produce and you know that sort of thing where you know people are now sort of going in in large numbers to to local markets so we're seeing a pop-up of those um, so the source is opportunity here yeah.
1: Yeah. So so with the supply chain one, you know, if a business for years and years and years had the same supplier and now they're in a country that, you know, can't you know, it's shut down or can't get uh, a, a, things delivered or they're stuck at the ports or whatever it is. Those businesses are looking for new suppliers in a way that they never have. Whereas totally right. companies mm-hmm. may have had a difficult time selling those businesses on why they should use their materials. Now people are, are more open to changing suppliers. And I think that's a shift.
0: It, total shift. I agree with you. And, and I don't think that's a shift that's going to change quickly in the future. I think there's going to be a lot of these things that we're witnessing right now that'll stick. Uh, and it's, you know, again, as a, a business owner, I'm starting to think strategically about, well, you know, where might some of my sort of skill sets, my, uh, my offerings, value propositions fit within? And, and maybe it's a slightly broader market too, Chris. Um, mm. You know, maybe we're maybe we're looking a little bit outside of our traditional markets and we've seen a lot yeah. of that happen, too. Do
1: you, do you think there's a, a change in how people treat inventory? Because since inventory mm. is in some cases been so scarce to be able to get, they're placing larger orders and, and now wanting to store those orders rather than the on demand you know, ways mm. of the, the last few years. Well,
0: there's a risk in that, isn't there? Because obviously that's a, a bigger overhead uh, investment that we're making in, in working capital. Um, but again, I think this, this talks to um, how I can build relationships, like I'm, I'm seeing collaboration uh, becoming uh, a, a thing now, like uh, true collaboration, like I, a lot of us talk about collaboration, but I feel like there's, there's closer relationships that like we, we've got some people uh, that we're working with that have very close relationships with their supplier. So they've, they've formed a closer bond with that supplier. So they're not having to necessarily uh, have you carry the bigger inventory. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're more inclined to have this close relationship so that they can give their Ford supplier um, probably a little bit more forward forecasting in terms of what they're expecting. Um, so the, the supplier can sort of make sure that they've got uh, the product there available for them to do that. So, mm-hmm. so I think there's, um, the, 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 the importance of relationships is becoming more important as well. Um, not just with our clients, it's, it's, it's with our suppliers so that we're, we're building this sort of total, um, total collaboration, what I like to
1: call it. Another supply related example that I've seen is, you know, it's very difficult. I'm not sure in Australia if it's the case, but in the U S it's very difficult to get new cars because the, the, just the supply of new cars, they're just the, the, the lots Mm. don't have any cars. And so Mm. it it skyrocketed the demand for used vehicles and all mm-hmm. of a sudden the businesses that had used inventory or focused on used vehicles were in a position of strength where their businesses were 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 booming and so again mm-hmm. you know every every challenge has a kind of the yin and yang of of the the opportunity
0: yeah, exactly right. And, and we're obviously closely following you because it's exactly the same experience here with vehicles. Um, but I, I think um, what we need to think about as business owners, Chris, I feel is, is not just the first order consequence. I, th- I think sometimes we think about, oh, you know, I can't get my supply um, from my supplier. But what's the second and third and fourth order consequence of that? So what are the things strategically thinking that might uncover an opportunity for us uh, in, mm-hmm. in all of that? So when we start to dig deep deeper, um, you know, so what does that mean um, so if I can't get supply what does that mean uh, and that might mean well okay um, we've got to have you know big delays or um, what would that mean you know if from a client perspective are they going to shift their focus onto something else are they're going to look for alternatives um, mm-hmm. and you know can we maybe fit in that alternative market uh, are there things that we could be providing in that alternative so so thinking a little further through Chris is probably where I tend to think now.
1: Yeah, I I think the same, you know, especially if if customers expectations are set that, you know, I can't I can't get this product that I want for six months because of the supply issues. Um, Another opportunity is to say, well, how do we work with that customer to give them a temporary solution, knowing that we've placed the order for the longer term solution? Or how do do you do, you know, there's there's uh, it, it, when you've got the customer and they're, they're wanting to place an order, you don't want to lose them <laughs> to Correct. the alternative. Well, so, and, so how do you, yeah.
0: Well, no, Chris, I, I think the other thing that popped into my mind as you're talking there is um, how do we keep that relationship with that client as well? So what, what are the things that we need to be doing? Um, probably a little bit outside of our normal capabilities, but um, how, do we, how do we continue to maintain a relationship with somebody where, you know, we're having difficulties in supplying them what they need? So there's there's other challenges there that we need to think about um, as as to how we do that. But I love your idea of the temporary solutions. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm trying to brainstorm. If I was running a, the you know the, the car lot, uh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe renting out a, a fleet of vehicles while someone mm-hmm. is waiting for their their uh, their order. You know, then I could have however many orders I'm taking a month. I've got a turnover of rental vehicles and t- until they they get into yeah. their their new vehicle. You know.
0: Well, you, you're looking at, um, you, you're seeing the rise of Go Get and some of these other, uh, you know, car next door style things, uh, they're, they're they're proliferating in this environment. So you're right. I, I think your idea is a good one. Like, you know, car lots have cars sitting there, right? Um, so you know, could I be uh, playing in that market while I'm, you know, trying to deliver my promise?
1: Interesting. Okay. Let's move on to another challenge. So uh, skills shortages or people burning Mm -hmm. out, switching jobs, uh, you know, not being adequately prepared maybe for the new jobs that they have to do. What are you Mm -hmm. seeing here?
0: So, um, skill, I don't know how you're feeling it over there, but, um, there is a, a dramatic, uh, shortage of skills. So people are really finding it difficult to uh, attract people, um, but also retain them at the same time. So, because there is this, uh, I think, What we've seen in terms of shifting is a lot of people have not shifted much uh, in terms of their jobs. You know, there's been a lot of uncertainty, so people are sort of sitting tight and, you know, maybe sucking it up to some extent because they may not necessarily be happy where they are. um, But they've they've sort of withheld their way through that. Um, We are starting to see people now, um, you know, thinking now about more what is it that they uh, want to do. So I think mindsets uh, of a lot of people is shifting to what's more important for them. So they've really been able to sort of dig more deeply inside themselves uh, and understand what's more important. So there's things like flexibility in my workplace coming up. There's obviously more family time coming up. Um, a lot of those sorts of more you know they're not necessarily strictly work things, but they're 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 now very important to them. And so from a workplace point of view, from an employer point of view, uh, we need to start to think about how can we make ourselves look attractive in that environment? Um, you know, in the past it was all about you know making sure that we're we're competitive with our, our packages like our remuneration packages. Um, that's still important, but it's now as important uh, to be starting to think about you know what are some of the other things that will attract and keep people. Like we, we've got one uh, one. Uh, client that we've worked with uh, over a bit of time, and we we had employees actually say to us that one of the reasons that they are staying is because of the wellness program that this particular employer introduced, um, mm. and they saw that as being a really important piece to them having a, a good um, good lifestyle, if you like, or a good good mental state uh, while they're working. So, so, I think we need to think a bit more creatively about um, you know what what does make our business a good place to be at and you know, what does that culture need to incorporate within it uh, as part of uh, our overall offering to our employees.
1: Yeah, so we saw something similar in the U.S. where during the, the beginning of the pandemic, people stayed in their jobs because there were so many layoffs happening that people were, were not sure they could get another job. And they were thankful to have the existing job that they had. And then mm-hmm. in 2021, as our economy was really booming, that's when people started looking for new jobs and getting yes. competitive offers and switching jobs. And so has, has Australia been on the same timeline or slightly yeah. behind?
0: Oh, look, I think, to be fair, um, uh, we, we find um, like when you sneeze in America, um, uh, we, we catch a cold, you know, probably about 12 months later. Um, so <laughs> we, we tend to follow. So, you know, and that's, that's a lot of people watch what happens in, in America because they think, OK, is that a leading indicator for something that's going to happen here? But to answer your question, yes, um, we, we are seeing exactly that same thing um, here. It's just a little bit behind where you are. Um, we, we absolutely have people now uh, who are shifting um, hmm. but you know it's 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 positioning our firms our businesses in such a way that we want to you know stand up above the crowd and yeah. that, that's specifically a lot of people having
1: so, to some extent you're able to time travel and watch what what happens yeah. over here yeah. and, and then put it to good use so you know uh, you you mentioned really being intentional improving the the culture and being attractive as a place to work and there are mm-hmm. things like wellness packages uh but it's 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 also you know flexibility and the uh, uh, how accommodating you are to families and how flexible you are with the hours that they work and the locations that they work and I think that's a lot of what people are looking for these days and so It's really a, you know, that everything we've been through in the last few years is this forcing function to make us look at ourselves in the mirror and say, is this a desirable place to work? Or compared Mm -hmm. to the alternatives in the market, which is now a worldwide market, are there better options for people? And so I think it's a, 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 it's, it can seem like a difficult, daunting thing for businesses that don't consider themselves, you know, innovative or progressive when it comes to these types of policies.
0: I Agree, and and you know the other thing that we're seeing, Chris, um, is people are more looking for a place where there's a strong purpose, a reason for being, uh, and also understanding the contribution that I can make to that. So that I want to make a difference. So people are looking for that, and you know if we don't understand why we exist, um, then you know it's again it's a hard thing to attract people into because you know they 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 want to be able to align. Um, with our purpose, if you like, with why. Mm -hmm. And they want to make a contribution towards that.
1: So what are what are some other macro challenges that you see, you know, clients that you're working with dealing with right now?
0: I think for a lot of our clients that we're working with at the moment, one of the big issues they've got is, you know, there's, we've got a lot of sort of cost increase, like we had our inflation figures announced uh, only yesterday here in Australia, and uh, I know we're a little bit behind you. Um, but we're we're sitting at 5.1, so that's that's three uh, percent inflation. So that's that's a scary number it's coming off you know a very low base uh, for us. So um, so that's got a lot of few people frightened. But what that's creating is is cost. Now can people in business have known inflation's been that high for a while because they've seen their costs just rise so much? Um, and but of course they're not being able to recover that at the consumer level or the client level. Um, so you've got this margin squeeze. Um, so there's a lot of uh, clients now. Pretty much teetering, I'd say, um, because they're, they're doing not getting the revenue coming in on the top line, and their expenses mm-hmm. are actually coming up on the bottom line, and that's causing a big squeeze. Um, and of course, one of the biggest costs we have is usually in, in um, salaries and wages, and you know yeah. rent yeah. and things like that. Um, so th- there's a there's an element here where you know there's a nervousness and uncertainty uh, uh, because how do we how do we deal with that? Um, I, I feel like we've got to get our businesses in such a state that we can do more with less. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and this, this is where you and I are on the same page in terms of in the importance of systems and processes and, and having them followed, you know, documented, followed. Uh, you know, we, we know from, um, you know, some of the work that um, uh, the book, uh, uh, Liz, uh, I forget what it's called, but it was basically multiplier effect. Um, the research that they did. Um, Identified that we can actually get nearly two times the productivity out of people uh, than we do generally. Like the bulk of people are not performing to their level. Uh, And, you know, the way we get that sort of nearly two times factor is by having uh, some really good systems and processes in place so that they can be the best that they can be with their skills. So we're doing the, the basics, we're systemizing as much as we possibly can. Uh, so that they can show their human skills and their flair uh, in what they can, what they're good at. So, yeah. so it actually makes jobs better and easier for them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Uh, you ever get a bag of, of potato chips and it's this much full, and the bag is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot of potato. <laughs> A little, little bit like that for, for a business. You know, there's a lot of capacity in the bag and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the businesses don't always fill it. Yeah, I thought it was funny when I when I was doing the efficiency process consulting before Trainual, I would go into a mm-hmm. company and, you know, talk to, to people. One of the questions that I would ask is, you know, what what processes would break if we had twice the number of customers mm-hmm. If you had twice the number of customers and it starts to highlight the inefficiencies, the things that take way too much time. And then you yes. can start to dig into those processes and say, can, can we find a tool to make this go faster? Is mm-hmm. there equipment? Is there software? Is there a different mm-hmm. person that needs to be doing this? And, and I think businesses are filled with inefficiencies, things oh, that, that really slow them down. So it's a great point because when your top line's not increasing and you're your costs are increasing, and your margins getting squeezed. You need to be more efficient, or find a find a way to be more efficient just just to get by. But I also mm-hmm. think there's opportunity for businesses uh, to to raise pricing when yeah. they have a a fear of raising price. You know, so some people just yeah. are afraid. They they don't they are afraid some customers will be upset. But, you know, no one does this better, I think, than, than the, the, the gas or fuel or petro- petroleum stations. You know, <laughs> they, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they raise prices every day. Uh, they change mm-hmm. prices every day. And yeah. the, the fuel that's in the ground d- didn't cost them anything different. They're raising prices based on the, the, the future mm-hmm. expected increase of those costs, right? Yeah. And businesses, uh, especially small businesses, are very, very slow to react to cost changes. Do you, do you see that a lot?
0: It's the low-hanging fruit, isn't it? I, I Look, it's, there is. You're right. It's this fear um, because you know I'm going to lose a customer, or um, you know they're not going to like me. Well, I don't know. It's it's just one of the because a lot of small business owners have relationships with their clients too. Um, so they they sort of you know they, they feed off that relationship. So me putting a price up, they they don't want to have anything there that might potentially put that at risk. But it's the low-hanging fruit. Like I've just you, you, you touch on a really important point because. I would say nearly ninety percent of the businesses that we go into are not charging the right amount. Like, I, I loved your little—you um, you just put up a, a post earlier um, uh, about you know stop charging hourly rates, and uh, I actually did put a comment in there. Um, like, price is just a measure of value. Um, so, the better we understand from a client's perspective the value that they're perceiving from what we're delivering, the more able we are to charge the right price. And I would argue that most times we are charging so, so far less. Uh, And it's usually because we're not valuing ourselves enough. Um, So this is, you know, you talked about mindset earlier. This is a bit of a mindset shift that people need to know is that I'm providing value. And that needs to be recovered.
1: And and it's another one of those, you know, holding the mirror up moments where Mm -hmm. if you think most of your customers will leave because you raised your prices 10%, then is what you're producing really that valuable <laughs> you, exactly. know? Yeah. you know you yeah. know and so it 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 forces us and when you think about the pricing conversation it forces us to think about is this something that is really providing value for my customers. Mm -hmm. Can I afford to charge a little or, or to whom can I charge a little bit more? Who is getting the most value? Let me optimize for that. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a conversation that we go through. I think every few months over here is trying to figure Mm -hmm. out and make sure that we're, we're charging appropriately. And, and I think back to my, my service business days, I didn't do it nearly enough. It's something that that I hesitated to, to to change pricing on people, but it's it's definitely an opportunity in today's market.
0: Well, I think the other thing that comes up for me as you're talking there, Chris, is um, we we probably largely try to be more generalist. Um, so we we you know in small business we thought sort of have this uh, we've got to get as many people as we possibly can uh, as clients, and that, that tends to be a bit of a, a mentality. But we don't, you know. Like I think what you just raised is important. Like there's probably a lot of those people where you know maybe they're not valuing what we're doing as much. But there's probably a core of them. You know the old 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. You know um, who are those 20% of our sort of client base that are, are supplying us with 80% of our, you know, in this case maybe revenue. Um, and what is it about that 20% that they're seeing that deep value uh, in? So the closer we get to that. Um, you know, we can probably shed a lot of clients, to be honest, and make more money. And that's going to take a yeah. lot of pressure on capacity.
1: That's another way to get efficient is just to make more money from fewer clients. And I think yeah, that's that's something people should consider. So uh, that's actually a great bridge, because I know that you have gotten pretty involved in the podiatry industry, right? And you have a book yeah. with, a, with, with a, a client of yours. So can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Um yeah like um blade and plug um feet first um this this is um you know we we wrote this book um together um because we wanted to uh travel a journey, and you know so you know when we first started working with with troy uh in his podiatry practice um we started at a point where he was at quite a low um you know and i, I I'd argue i know he talks about it, but he's probably bordering on depression when we first sort of met and started to do some work together. Um, and you know he would work, you know, very long hours, often on weekends. Um, you know, he shared with me in those early days. He often used to really get fearful around. Can I make wages this week? You know, um, which is not an uncommon thing. You know, like it's probably one of those things that many people face. Um, so, and again, this wasn't rocket science. But what we do in the book is we talk about, you know, where we started. What are some of the things that came up for us as we went along? Uh, and what are some of the things that we did to sort of address those things? And then, you know, at the other side of that, uh, what's, what's been the result of that? Um, I feel yeah. like there almost needs to be a sequel to this because we're, we've, there's already been a lot more happened in this environment than, um, than when we published this. But, you know, we, Troy and I share our own individual journeys because I, I have a journey as well. And, you know, my journey started uh, back with a, a business failure. Uh, so, you know, I talk a little bit about that in this book. Um, what that business failure meant and created for me, um, apart from the fact of you know really feeling um, uh, like a failure in those early days, uh, I can reflect on that experience now and think about well, okay what did that teach me uh, so it really helped me help me break through.
1: Well, there's definitely a mindset and it sounds like you've been through this from your first business failure to turning into a very successful career. And it sounds like your Mm -hmm. client went through that as well. And I think it's something Mm -hmm. all business owners deal with at some point. We all have challenges, but the important thing, I guess, as I would summarize this conversation, the important thing to remember is if someone puts in their notice and quits your business, there's an opportunity to hire someone that's maybe even a better fit or yeah. to reorganize the structure of your organization. If your biggest client leaves you, there's an opportunity to look at were you providing enough value or who are the clients that you have that you provide the most value to so you can specialize. If you've got costs increasing, you have an opportunity to reconsider your pricing and packaging. If you've got vendors that are unavailable, you have the opportunity to go shop for other vendors or support local businesses. And and so, if summarizing all of this, it's really about reframing those challenges as surprise opportunities, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. where you, you, you had a, a surprise today and, uh, and now you've got an opportunity to, to, to improve as a result.
0: I agree. Like, and, and you know, the word you use, reframing, uh, is the perfect word for this. Uh, everything that comes up like this, it's it's about reframing it, uh, and there's always opportunity.
1: So, Greg, once again, I appreciate you being a part of our Process People group. And if people want to reach out to you and find more about you, where can they go?
0: So, thank you. Um, go to the website is uh, is all the Ws Your Business Momentum or OneWord dot com dot au. Um, otherwise search me on LinkedIn. Uh, I've got a, a LinkedIn profile there and uh, that'll give you all of the, the information and background.
1: Perfect. And Greg's very active on LinkedIn. Thank you for participating in all of my discussions. And it was great to, uh, to spend your, uh, your Sunday morning with, uh, with me here. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. Thank you everybody for joining Organized Chaos. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.